All right. Hello, world. Welcome to Industrial Nomads, Voices on the Road. This is episode Ed Weldon. I've had the opportunity to work with Ed on a number of occasions over the last few years, during which time he has revealed to me his superpower. We'll discuss that more in a little while. Definitely a man anyone would want to have on their team. Ed, welcome to Industrial Nomads. Hey, thanks, Ed, and uh, hey, appreciate you having me. Hey, it's all it's, it's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Ed, you've been part of uh, not just a refinery oil and petrochemical industry uh, for a few years, but um, the facility at which you work, you you've been there for a while. Is that correct? Yeah, I actually started out in. Uh, uh, September of 78 so uh, yeah we're pushing 43 years now yeah 43 years that's impressive yep. Yep. Uh, and on that note can you give us a little insight on how things have uh, bettered as it has it evolved and things have gotten better uh, you know not everything's yeah. perfect but there there are improvements as as we move so oh yeah I mean things have changed immensely I mean you know from you know, from the days uh, back in the late 70s and 80s, I mean, things were uh, kind of like the Wild West in a way, you know. And so, you know, there was a, there's been a lot of good, you know, uh, changes, you know, with any evolution of industry or life, you know, there's change. It's constant. And, yeah, so, you know, it was kind of a lot of change we went through early on that we didn't like or you were having to get used to culture changes and Oddly enough, culture changes in the industry really takes some time, you know, like, you know, like a generation sometimes. But I really think that, like, in the world of safety <clears throat> and even just dealing with people, uh, you know, on a personal basis between, you know, your workforce and management, I, I think things have gotten a lot better. But uh, I think certainly on safety and environment, you know, and uh, the impact on the environment and uh, and the impact that uh, our industry can have on people. So, yeah, we've come just, uh, you know, light years from those days back then to where we are now. So I, I would say that's, you know, one of the biggest and most positive changes, I would say. Well, when you were starting out and stuff, now did y'all ever do any of that? In my time, I never saw people just, like, you know, tie onto a, uh, a crane hook and, and get swung around. Did y'all ever do anything like that, or did you see that happening, or? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't want to incriminate myself, but yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> other people, other people. <laughs> yes, I have, yeah, I, I have seen people ride uh, the hook uh, to the top of a furnace or a column or, you know, that, that sort of thing did go on. And, you know, I mean, like, you know, tying off harnesses, you know, three-point contact was where, you know, you just made sure you had two hands, at least one foot, you know, uh, because we weren't wearing harnesses very often back in those days. And, yeah, it was just kind of wild west. I mean, we would, you know, climb a beam. <laughs> you know, you'd kind of climb a beam to get in a rack, you know, and, uh, you know, have a rope around your shoulder and throw it down, you know, raise buckets up and all that kind of stuff, you know. And so, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a, a lot looser uh, safety environment back in those days, for now, sure. Now I've seen some... Uh equipment at different locations that i guess isn't the most up-to-date and even you, know, you might have a column where a ladder goes from bottom to top no breaks just yeah. straight climb <laughs> right well yeah. you know you know cause, yeah that was you know your barrel ladder you know where the stiffeners were ever so often you know when your shoulders or legs finally gave out you just 
you know, looked up and saw, you know, something you could rest on for a little while. But yeah, I mean, you know, that kind of thing where, you know, even scaffolding, you know, uh, gosh, you know, we, uh, we used to build our own scaffolding uh, as mechanics before we actually used scaffold builders. And so that could be a little harrowing, you know, and uh, definitely weren't any yo-yos that you were tying off to, you know, <laughs> right. kind of retrieval devices. You know? Well, how, as far as like the parameter, I know, I know where you work, there's a fence. I mean, you know, there's, Every facility now, you it's pretty secure as far as getting in and exiting of yeah. any facility. Was it that way uh, when you started out and stuff? Was did it still have that very controlled entrance and exit? Well, it was you know it was kind of interesting because we didn't have the turnstiles, you know, we didn't have the electronic badging, you know, in and out. Uh, back then, everybody funneled in through. Uh, Oh, you know, one of two entrances on the south end and then one on the north end, you know, and they were, you know, just basically guard gates, you know, where you had, you know, uh, security guards, you know, working there. And, yeah, you just walked right by there. I mean, because, you know, back then you punched a time card, you know, down in the clock alley. And so, you know, but, you know, as far as security went, you know, it's not a lot different uh, really today from back then. I mean, it's more convenient to build a badge in and out of a turnstile, and uh, of course, it's more cost-effective too because you know you don't have to have uh, a guard stationed at you know all of these different locations, and so it's more convenient. But yeah, back in the day, you just you know you knew you know you kept walking through it was like you know you know like a foghorn leghorn, you know like hey Bob, hey Bill, you know <laughs> just, you knew that. <laughs> just, you know, just clock it in, clock it out. You knew the guard, right? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so they and they knew you. Yeah, and so, you know, you just kind of, you know, hey, how's it going, whatever. You came in and out every day, and, you know, that was pretty much the routine. Yeah. That's, so, I mean, slight changes, but but it changed yeah. a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, now, at, also at your facility, there's a lot of, a lot of water on site, yeah. like lake, ponds, uh, but now. A lot of water. At some point, I've heard as I worked out there that you used to be able to just go fishing and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> was that was that a was that a pretty common thing then, or was it just sometimes people would, but or was it? Yeah, it, yeah, it, it really wasn't one of those things that was you know everybody would just go fishing or whatever. But if you worked shift, you know, if you were out there working nights or out there on a week, you know, the weekend days or whatever, you know, there there might have been a little fishing going on, you know, of course. You know, there was the company lake itself has always, you know, been a pretty great place to fish. But you know, that's kind of out on your own time, you know. But uh, yeah, there's probably been a few fish caught you know, <laughs> around the lake. You know, some of the outfalls, you know, that appear to be, you know, looks like a dock, right? You might as well go out on the pier and see what you can catch, right? Yeah, so, there's so. been one of those down there. Uh, I, I went and walked out on it. I guess it's like a little. I don't, I don't know what that little dock-looking thing. The purpose is it like a is that a floodgate control like a, some kind of a, a spillway maybe yeah we've uh, got spillways and yeah we've got you know big spillway on the lake you know and then you know you've got little emergency spillway areas and of course then we have you know what we call outfall you know where you know storm water you know pours off into the lake but, and that kind of stuff you know but yeah. this at this one in particular i just know when you walk out there like bass catfish perch turtle I, yeah. it's like they come out to wave at you they're like hey and you're like wow yeah they're, they're all there yeah they're, there's plenty there <laughs> yeah and, uh, 
Yeah, it was funny you brought to memory uh, <laughs> back in the early days of, you know, uh, when I was a mechanic, uh, when I first started out, uh, we used to have these triple stacked uh, exchangers in this one area. And back then, you know, the you know, you got your you know, cooling intake, then you got your hot water discharge, you know, so we're just recycling lake water, you know, to cool equipment. And the screens would get in bad shape. And so the, in this particular plant, in these particular exchangers, uh, man, I'll never forget, you know, like you'd open, you know, you'd roll a, uh, you know, a flathead down, or as y'all call it in the industry, a dollar plate, right? right. We'd roll one down, and there might be a, yeah, a crappie or you know my, there might be a turtle in there that was kind of like not unusual but uh, yeah we were up on one one day and uh, it's hilarious because we're up there about 12 feet probably on a flat scaffold platform no guardrails no nothing this was back in the day where you know we just threw it up ourselves you know, we, <clears throat> we rolled the head down there was a skunk in there <laughs> what it's a skunk there was a <laughs> <what you> <laughs> Yeah, I've never heard that before. So that's pretty pretty impressive. I'm yeah. gonna say because <laughs> like, I've actually I've been out there to see some like little little fish perch or whatever on oh, the yeah. tube sheet or whatever. And but sure. you know, but a sure. skunk, yeah, it's not something. Oh yeah, no, this was a skunk. I have to admit, I jumped back, you know, kind of caught my breath and turned and heard Mike hitting the ground. Man, he kind of hollered and yeah, off the platform he went. <laughs> he just jumped. You know? <laughs> that's <laughs> pretty. Some of the stuff you'll see, uh, but yeah, um, I'm gonna go ahead and get to your your superpower real quick because, like I'd mentioned earlier, we worked um, uh, several jobs, several different units at your facility, and uh, yeah. and anyone listening, you got to know that you might be on top of a column that's I don't know 150, 180 foot high, and you're yeah. you know looking at a maybe the the flange of the you know vapor line or or a PSV or whatever, and, and just, sure. uh, well, all of a sudden out of nowhere, here's Ed on yeah. top of the column with a cup of coffee in his hand. It's like, hey, right. what y'all looking at? <laughs> Where, where'd you come from, Ed? <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know, in the industry, you guys stay highly caffeinated, right? Yeah, yeah. but you just yeah, a, you just a, you just appear out of thin air, and you've got a fresh <laughs> cup of coffee every time you appear, and it's just like, yeah. I, I'm yeah. always fascinated by that. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't in my mind, Ed, you don't, in my mind, you don't climb up there. You just appear. That's how. <laughs> and, and I'm going to clarify. Yeah, I've actually never visited with Ed on top of a column where he had a cup of coffee with him. That's always been on ground level. I don't want to get you in trouble. Or anything, so. <laughs> but I may well, exaggerate a little yeah. bit. But uh, yeah, well, you take the stairwell as far as you can, and then you just you know kind of transport yourself the rest of the distance. You now, know? now there's that one place out there 
um, when when uh, Colleen worked out there with me on a, a job. She was out there for just, a, I think, four or five days as a van driver. Yeah. And on her lunch break one day, um, talking about the stairs on one of them, she, it, w- it wasn't physically tough time she had. It caused her great anxiety. And we got up to the top, and then there was, t- of the stairs, and yeah. I'm, I'm guessing 120 feet, something like that. And then right. uh, there was a ladder to go higher. Yeah. <laughs> she was not having it. <laughs> she, I'm not even going to say what she said about I'm not going up the ladder. She just let me know. Yeah. But but it's pretty cool, like, just things like that in the industry, how you, I guess not everybody, if you're afraid of heights, I mean, you are, and there's, that's just what it is. But yeah. sometimes you become numb to, you know, yeah, you you get used to it, and you're like, okay, it's another, it's yeah, another climb, like, you know. So yeah, and the first time you get up on top of some of those big boys, where you're, you know, you're up over, you know, a couple hundred feet and all, and and, and you realize for the first time, hey, these things move. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they wiggle. <laughs> yeah, we're swaying to and fro, you know, and if you kind of can find a, an object to uh, reference you'd be surprised you know you get a lot, pretty good little amount of movement up there you know and it's hard to understand that if you haven't experienced it like it really is yeah, exactly. like it's a but it but it's pretty it's a pretty unique feeling and sensation yeah, in yeah. that yeah uh, and then the more you do it you get more confident yeah or you know what you hardly even notice it yeah uh um well jumping topics um you're a pretty avid cyclist you you and your wife i believe do a considerable yeah. amount uh of biking bicycling on the on the trails and stuff around longview yeah 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 it is it's you know it's funny i i was one of those kids that just i always had a bike you know i had uh two other siblings growing up you know and their bikes were always in the corner and mine was always tore up and i was <laughs> you know always jumping ramps and <laughs> yeah riding wheelies and yeah, I was, I was one of those guys. I've uh, always enjoyed them and never really got serious about it. Uh, you know, just kind of grew up being an athlete, doing a lot of different stuff. And, uh, and as I got older, some of the competitive sports, of, you know, just everything from basketball to racquetball to flag football, whatever it was, was really taking its toll. And so I kind of got more back into, into cycling. Low impact. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, you know, and decided to do it, yeah, so I kind of got into the sprint triathlon thing, which is what really got us going on the bikes, and uh, so yeah, we got into some, and I I cycled pretty serious uh, there for about five years, and then Julie got really interested in it, and uh, uh, so we finally got her a bike, and uh, that's been like three years ago, and I I think I've created a monster, because she loves to ride. Well, last last time we... You, we talked about her as like she was like knocking out maybe 20 miles a day at times right oh yeah she'll go yeah even now like uh, uh as the schedule allows during the week you know when i'm at work it's nothing for her to you know take off and go do 25 26 miles and uh then on weekends you know i think you know uh her and i together have done some 45 to 48 mile rides and so, wow yeah yeah and so, uh, yeah, you know, we, and, you know, we got into it pretty serious. I mean, there for a while. And, uh, we, uh, you know, of course, this time of year in the winter, we've tapered off a little bit, you know. But, yeah, we love to cycle. And, uh, yeah, something we do together. And, 
And you're the one that you, you actually really told me about the trails and the development of them, how they're continuing to develop them. I mean, the, the city of Longview, I, no one can fault them for their uh, investment into parks and uh, like the the bike and yeah. walk paths that, that are all around the town. That's that's really pretty, yeah. pretty awesome. It yeah. is. And, and, you know, so for her and I, you know, we – uh, we do some road rides, you know, where we just get out north of town on the county roads. But really and truthfully, uh, as you were saying, the, the the city of Longview has done a really remarkable job. Of, uh, and they're they're not nearly finished, you know. There's, oh, I forgot, there's going to be 26, 28 miles of uh, city trails. Have they? Cause, yeah, because what it is, you've got segments right now. Uh-huh. And you kind of jump the segments through neighborhoods, that sort of thing. But... Uh, they're in the process even now of, of tying them all in. And man, they're like really nice, about, you know, eight foot wide concrete. Have uh, they finished that section right there at Eden? Not quite. They've, uh, no, hadn't quite got them finished. And uh, I think they're kind of hung up over there on Judson Road where they're uh, going to be cutting underneath the highway, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's funny. It looks like they're kind of trying to time it out where they can you know, kind of open it all up at once, you know. Uh, and they've even actually started, they've got two new bridges in, like over on the north end of Borman Trail up by 80. And so, mm-hmm. they're, and so one, yeah, one direction, where it'll, it'll be tying in with Guthrie and then back over there at Judson at Guthrie. So, uh, yeah, it's really nice. And, you know, from where I live, uh, we can leave on our bikes and uh, we routinely can do like 26 miles now. Of course, that's, Got to do some neighborhoods and stuff, but, uh, but it's going to be great when the city gets them all finished, though, because it'll be a nice network. Uh, that's that's really cool. But on yeah. on the cycling and your, uh, you know, how involved you are in it. Now, I need to roll back. I guess it was two years ago, maybe three. You you suffered a bit of a an injury. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, walk me through that because in my mind it's one way, and it. You know, if I tell it, it might be a little different than you telling it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those deals where, because uh, you know, uh, I mountain bike and road bike, and uh, it's kind of funny because uh, uh, a buddy of mine, Kevin, that uh, worked with uh, out the plant, uh, he and I do a lot of, you know, we do our mountain bike, and we serve a lot of great, just uh, fairly technical, you know, from moderate to expert trails along the area. And uh, so, you know, he and I have gone off and, you know, done some pretty pretty tough mountain biking, you know, some more adventurous type stuff. Anyway, and I, I took a tumble or two, but nothing, you know, serious, you know. So, I guess to address the injury <laughs> that you were talking about. So, uh, yeah, my oldest son, uh, his family had been in visiting from, they live up in Olympia, Washington, and... Uh, they had been in, and this has been, I guess, uh, close to three summers ago. And they had been in, and he's not as tall as I am, and he'd been riding my mountain bike, so he had made some adjustments on it to fit him. Anyway, they had left and, uh, you know, gone back home, and so it was just uh, Julie and I here, and I was excited to get back on my bike. So I'd gone out there and, you know, adjusted everything back out to fit me, 
and I clipped in, so and he didn't clip in, so oh. I had to. Uh, now, when you say on. clipped in, you're you're talking about that your shoes actually clip onto the yeah. pedal. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah, on my mountain bike, you know, you've got these. Uh, it's, it's kind of ironic. You can look it up, but they call them clipless, which is interesting to me. They call them clipless uh, uh, for a mountain bike, and then, then you got the actual like toe clip ins on a road bike. But believe me, when they say clipless, that is that's a lie. <laughs> you're still clip. You're, you're connected, you're huh? In, man. <laughs> yeah, because I busted my butt a few times, you know, because I couldn't get the foot out in time. But, <laughs> and so yeah, there, yeah, I get tickled at the terminology clipless. I'm like, yeah, my butt. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but now so. You know, I got my bike adjusted back out, and I'd met, I had, you know, gone down the street, you know, two or three times, and turned around and come back, you know, made sure everything was good. Had a little time in the afternoon, I thought, man, I'm going to go, I'm going to get around here and go ride right quick. Well, for a lot of years, you know, when I would ride from the house on my mountain bike, when I would come back, uh, I've kind of got a long concrete drive, and it leads into the backyard. And kind of my, my deal for a long time, when I would come home, I would pop this wheelie and kind of ride this wheelie down the driveway. and into the we, call, we call that hot dog in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, of course, I'm just, you know, I, so I, uh, I did that. As usual, you know, I, I, got, I was all fired up riding my little wheelie. Well, it didn't end well. It was, and I didn't have, let me, let me kind of back up a little bit. I didn't have my helmet on because I never ride without my helmet ever i just you know it's just crazy not to and so but that day because i was simply making adjustments right so i could go ride i had to put my helmet on well i've never i you know i guess you know since i was a kid i've never rode wheelies certainly not on my mountain bike clipped in without my helmet on <laughs> uh, so anyway i'm coming down the driveway and i'm riding a little wheelie to the back of the yard and and right as i hit the grass I just started, I just overcompensated. <laughs> and in a split second, I I guess because I didn't have my helmet on, because normally, like if I'd been on a trail in that circumstance, I'd have just kind of bowed up, curled up with my helmet on and just hit the ground, you know. Well, I did not do that because it, it's like I had this instinct, all of a sudden my head wasn't protected. Mm -hmm. So as I'm coming over, I real quickly tried to get my uh, one of my right foot unclipped. Well... Not only did I not get unclipped, but I hit pretty hard on my back and I had the bike on top of me. But in doing so, I heard this loud snap. And uh. anyway, long, yeah, so long story short, uh, it was like a, I snapped my fibula in half and in a, in a complete dislocation. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, so it, it's kind of funny in a way because, all right, I'm laying on my back <laughs> and I'm in my backyard. The most, I mean, the most inglorious way to snap your leg. I couldn't tell anybody I was, you know, hauling butt down some trail, you know, two right. miles out of town, and I'm just really like, you know, ripping it up. Now I'm wheeling down my driveway and lost yeah. it. Right? And so I'm laying in the backyard, uh, you know, and, and my foot had, you know, come out of the uh, after it snapped. Then it decided to come out. But anyway, I throw the bike off of me and I, I set up and I look down of course my right foot's laying you know pretty much parallel to the ground and that's not normal <laughs> and, uh, yeah so yeah. yeah and i'm like holy cow so then i think okay so i get my i lean over get my shoe off make sure you know 
of this bleeding and it wasn't, it was just obvious that it was completely dislocated. Well now, so I start hollering for my wife, Julie, you know, she, she's in the house. I'm like screaming at the top of my lungs, no Julie. So finally, you know, uh, cycling shoes, you know, they're, they're not heavy, heavy, but they've got a really hard sold, uh, molded sole. And so the only thing I could think of to get her attention, I kind of turned myself around a little bit and I took my shoe and I just launched it like a mortar round <laughs> as high as I could. And it comes down on the roof of our house. Oh, wow. Just, you know, boom, yeah. yeah. And so, and actually, you know, uh, that was the smart thing to do. All the, uh, you know, after doing something that stupid, I, I'd throw this shoe. <laughs> and luckily, because she was vacuuming, she was in the house vacuuming. Oh wow! And, uh, yeah, and then she didn't hear, she couldn't hear my screams, you know, but she did hear this thud hit the roof. Anyway, long story short, you know, we end up. Uh, she helps me in the in the car and off the emergency room we go. And so here I am, you know, two years later, you know, got a nice scar and a titanium plate and about eight screws, and it's all good. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, part so, machine, yeah. but all all the riding and all the risk taking doing the actual trails and all that. I've never, I've never thought of that part of the, the story that all the times you probably should have got injured. Oh, yeah. And it happened when you decided to pop wheelies in your driveway. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kevin and I once, uh, yeah, Kevin and I once out uh, south of town, yeah, I did a header off a bridge. You know, there's a little narrow bridge that crosses a creek and came in a little too hot and slid off the bridge and about five feet drop in the creek on top of my head and didn't break a thing, man. I mean, just, you know, uh, kind of brushed myself off and got the mud off of me and off we went and then, yeah, not this time. Pop a wheelie at the house, break your leg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you, you recovered and everything is, is healed up. Have you, do you have yeah. any restriction as far as motion or are you... Are you good? No, no, not really. I mean, oddly enough, that's the same ankle that, uh, you know, coming out of high school before I uh, went to work, uh, actually got ran over and had that same ankle and uh, foot, you know, pretty much crushed under a truck. So oh, man. that, so yeah, so the right ankle from just the lower shin all the way down, there's nothing that has not been broken now. <laughs> we, we, when you walk and stuff, I mean, you, you don't have a limp. There's no indication that you have a... Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. that's pretty... I, th- I think a lot of well, people would, would not uh, recover to that extent. Everybody would get to like, you know, 85, 90%. I would say you're probably 95 to 99%. So. Yeah, you know, unless I, you know, when I was doing a lot of running, uh, doing the triathlon thing, it was... A lot more tender then because I was, you know, trying to get in about 12, 15 miles a week of running. And that would get it pretty tender. You know, I'd have a day or so where I'd have I, a little bit of a limp. But I've never had a broken bone, and when I'm putting in that kind of mileage running, I start to limp. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know that that's the injury there, man. I, I hear you, man. Uh, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, but you did recently, uh, kind of talking about your, your ankle and mobility, uh, I guess it, last year, year before, you went to the Grand Canyon – on a extended camping slash hiking uh, yeah. trip, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. That's not you know. I guess kind of. I guess talking about Julie and I, you know, we you know we we do cycle together, but you know we do a lot of hiking. We've we've mm-hmm. done a lot of hike trips all over the country, and uh, in the last year. Now, real quick, when y'all when y'all are 
choosing destinations. That's that's what y'all are looking to, right? Because I know yeah. I ended up going to Moab because you told me about Moab. Sure. And so that's when y'all are looking at. I, that's what I'm thinking. You're always saying, "Okay, what right. what do we get outdoors and see here?" and that kind of stuff. That's what we try to do. I mean, you know, from the Blue Ridge Parkway to, you know, like Breckenridge to Sonoma, Arizona, just even that we've hiked our two oldest kids and family, our grandkids and all, they live up in Washington State. So we've, you know, we've hiked the Cascades and the Olympia Mountains up there quite a bit. The kids are, our kids are real active too and as far as outdoors and hiking. So yeah, we, we try to, you know, we'll, we'll take a fun trip from time to time just for some R&R, but more times than not, uh, we take uh, hike trips where, you know, we'll decide where we're going to go and where we're going to stay and then through all trails or whatever we're kind of scoping out all the area hikes to do so so yeah that's that's kind of something we really enjoy a lot so uh but uh but yeah so you know last year what we did me and uh me and some guys from work actually there was four of us we went out to uh the grand canyon and uh it was kind of my 60th birthday trip basically was what the plan was and uh and so we went out there to do the the nanka weep and if you look it up, the Nanka Weep is like considered one of the most treacherous, or if not the most treacherous, uh, trail in the canyon. Uh, and he, side he, note, that's to celebrate his 60th birthday, not his 25th yeah. or 30th, his 60th. He's going to go do right. the, the, right. the high risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of the over, you know, the over the hill gang type trip, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, 59, 60, 62, and 65. Well, I'm saying that admiringly, and, I, I, you know, I, I think you know that. Like, again, you, you're, you, you've you aged well. You've got good genes. That, that's just not something everybody 60, I think, is going to try to do. And, yeah. And you do that kind of stuff, so. Yeah, it's fun, yeah, just kind of trying to stay young at heart, you know, and, you know, and hope your body cooperates. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it was a great trip, man. I mean, we uh, kind of came sh- came up short a little bit, but uh, it's one of those deals where you, uh, uh, you know, it's definitely a backcountry trip. It's, you know, one of the more dangerous trails in terms of exposure uh, to the bottom, you know, uh, a lot of really thin. Uh, this is not, the Nanka Weep is not one of the tourist trails, okay? It's, you know, it's not like Bright Angel or some of those trails that are, somewhat manicured and, and uh, somewhat kept this one you you gotta pitch a you know you gotta drive in on some about 15 miles through blm property and uh just to find the trailhead yeah so it's pretty it's a pretty treacherous one and and uh we kind of got off to a bad start with one of our guys had some back trouble and so we had to do some you know in and out and back and forth the first day and, the, and part of the second day and so yeah we uh we didn't actually make it all the way in and then uh it was kind of bad but yeah i took a little tumble and very narrowly <laughs> went off the edge uh, uh just where some rocks came out from under me and kind of made a little bit of a you know quick cat turn in there to keep from going off the side there and uh got scraped up a little bit but not too bad you know yeah. but uh but man it was an experience i mean just the canyon and for anybody that's not done the grand canyon it's uh i, I would go back again and heartbeat it is just amazingly beautiful and rugged and just challenging and 
all those things, you know. And uh, so, yeah, it was a it was a great adventure for sure. Well, that's that's cool, and that's uh, that was last year. And y'all went to Moab. Was it the year before last, or was it 2018? Yeah, it was the year before that. Actually, yeah, we had come down through Moab. Definitely want, yeah, it was that Moab area and just so, and I think y'all had the, I think y'all spent more time there than we did and was able to actually get some hikes in. So, uh, yeah, Moab you, is definitely on our, on our, you know. Yeah, but you were just passing through and, and kind of came up on it. We actually yeah. went there because you told me about it. <laughs> that, yeah. That was our destination oh. to go. Like, like, and it yeah. was, uh, it was really cool. That, that whole, from there and then, uh, Canyonlands and then Zion was just I can't say enough good about Zion. So when you when you are making that trip back that way, uh, make sure you build in some time for Zion. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, you know, for sure. Because actually, have your report back to me after you and Colleen had gone out there, <laughs> man, I was just really jealous because you know we just uh, we kind of breezed through and spent the better half of a day just kind of knocking around, you know, and uh, just a really, really cool place that we'd like to go back and spend some time at. Yeah, for sure. Well, is that, Ed, is there yeah. anything uh, we haven't covered or talked about? I know, I know there's – we've got a lot more that we could talk about. I, I, oh, I know that. Yeah, we, I mean, yeah. I, we, we spent some time <laughs> together, and it's it's always good. So, But um, as far as a topic for the show, anything you'd like to – well, I mean, you know, hey, man, I just, hey, thanks for uh, asking me to do this. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, you know, you met me in my current uh, position working with contractors, and, uh, you know, just it, it's funny. You know, I'll probably retire in about a year or so. The, the goal is 62. I'll be 61 in February, and uh, so uh the plan is to walk out of there at 62, you know, and and uh, so I've done a lot of things, you know, met a lot of people uh, as a mechanic, uh, long-time planner, scheduler, you know, uh, done some safety repping and, you know, a lot of relief supervising and that kind of thing over the years. But contracting has been really interesting to me because as a planner uh, and even a mechanic before then, uh, I would work with contractors uh, off and on. And back in the early days, we really didn't have a lot of contractors because we did most everything ourselves. But it's been, it's the contracting thing's been really nice to me because I'm kind of working from the other side of the fence uh, as a contract person, working with guys just like yourself and the company you work for. And so you really learn to appreciate uh, uh, the work that y'all do and, and, and what y'all bring. Uh, to the table for a company like ours and uh, and I enjoy you know meeting guys like yourself and your wife Colleen and just Brian and you know you know Thurman and all the rest you know just a, a good bunch of guys and really appreciate uh, what y'all do for us and uh, so uh, yeah it's uh, it's been a good experience for sure to, to kind of end up my career this way honestly uh, I've really enjoyed it a lot we know, and you, you mentioned, I definitely appreciate you saying that, but you know, it's being a, you know, me talking about nomads and being on the road, um, the focus is the voices on the road because the flip side is like, you're our point of contact and we're not the only contractors that come through being where you are. You meet a lot of people oh, yeah. that are on the road coming through to, like I said, do the turnarounds and, and, and work with you all. So. 
it's yeah, uh, absolutely a lot uh, of good guys and gals out there for sure and uh and uh and really appreciate you know uh you know, and, and, and I think recognize some of the difficulties, you know, uh, that exist, you know, like, you know, y'all are in the nomadic situation where you're moving around and, and you're really having to bring your A game, you know, it's a competitive world out there. And uh, so, yeah, y'all do, y'all do a really great job for sure. Y'all are definitely top notch. Well, we definitely appreciate it. Hope, hope I get back out there before you leave. I mean, I mean, and if, if <laughs> yeah, not, I'll just... Too, I'll just have to catch up with you outside of work. Well, I mean, yeah, well hey, you got my number and you know where Absolutely. I live, right? So, uh, yeah, there's definitely no reason to be strangers beyond that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ed, uh, thanks for being part of the show and definitely keep in touch on that note. And to all of you listening, take care of yourselves and each other. Until next time, signing off.